0: from south buffalo where i gave myself just enough time to maybe make this live in-person broadcast yeah. long time listeners may remember when we did this uh we did this once before in person yes but wow this was a production i've been working non-stop for the last hour <laughs> we've uh moved things around in this in this room here go got a new microphone so I, so I decided to come over here and set it up and uh, play with a lot of other audio uh, contraptions that I've acquired recently. And uh, here's my co-host, Chris Gull, to tell you what we're going to talk about today.
1: Yeah, so we actually have a uh, very packed show today. We're going to talk about AEW pay-per-view buys. We're a week uh, since Revolution, so we'll kind of touch on that and compare it to previous pay-per-views. Uh, we're also going to discuss WWE 2K22 that came out this past week. Uh, we got some streaming rights deals for baseball that we're going to discuss, as well as we got compensatory agreements for Nick Khan and Vince McMahon. They got raises. They got raises. That's right. Well, we are. Uh, we'll get right into uh, AEW pay per views um, as we have an estimation. As far as revolution that happened, like I said, March 6, 2022, and we're estimating about 146,000 to 170,000 pay-per-view buys. Yes, that's uh,
0: according to Dave Meltzer. Uh, I did ask about that too, and that looks like the number of pay-per-view buys, um, That that I was told that that is accurate. That would put it, you can see over my right shoulder, the massive uh, all-out number that all-out did um, the first pay-per-view with CM Punk, the pay-per-view where... Brian Daniels and Adam Cole were not advertised, but they debuted. That's the record with about 205,000 buys. Uh, This one looks to have done just over what, at least just over what Full Gear did in November. AEW pay-per-views have been up year over year, and this continues that streak. Um, Double or Nothing is coming up next. Ticket sales are strong. Uh, Double or Nothing will have to be more than 115,000 buys to keep that year-over-year increase streak going uh again th- this one did between what 146 and 170 the median of that is what well i mean it's yeah, pop quiz I
1: me mean, is it's well it's an increase like you said from evolution before, but a beat full gear from the last pay-per-view correct so i mean it's a constant increase of business like you said other than that anomaly of the cm punk in-ring return on all out yes
0: um so the median of 146 and 170 is what
1: Oh, <laughs> well, it, you ask it in such a scientific way uh, that would be t- 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 about a hundred and six, one hundred fifty-eight, one hundred fifty-eight, exactly. Yeah, yeah, one hundred fifty-eight.
0: So, uh, they'll, they'll. I think they'll beat. I think double or nothing will be up year over year. That that sounds pretty achievable. It'd be disappointing if if double or nothing was only at a hundred and fifteen uh this year and was only equal to what it did last year i think that would be a disappointment so i think they can do that in may beat that number up year over year again um when it's time for all out 2022 though i think they'll have a lot of trouble beating all out 2021 doing more than 100 uh, 205 thousand buys i doubt it um that that pay-per-view was special in the sense that this was cm punk's first match in what seven years uh unless somebody catches fire or they have some new attraction to offer which i can't even imagine what what they could possibly offer that would be on the scale of cm punk's first match in seven years um i don't think uh that all out is is going to continue that streak uh come labor day weekend and i know there'll be the um good chance it'll be a UK stadium show for WWE pay-per-view premium live event uh, at that time. Uh, I don't know that that's going to have a huge effect, but uh, that's, that's on the horizon for Labor Day weekend this year. Um, Do I have anything else here? We're, we're really uh, at an unusual situation here. So if we look at, what do I have here? The breakdown of, um, this is the breakdown for the ticket sales. So it did about hundred. I'm sorry, six hundred and twenty thousand dollars for a live gate. Uh, if you assume that about ninety five percent of the tickets distributed, reported by Russell which is eight thousand seven hundred, about ninety five thousand of that was paid. Assume a seventy five dollar ticket price, that gets us to six hundred and twenty thousand dollars. So something in that range, something in that ballpark. Venue uh, merch at figure about fifteen dollars per head. Off of you know something like just under eight thousand seven hundred paid ticket sales, that accounts for an extra roughly one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars in venue merch. Uh, if you do the math, you get to I don't I don't know if I have it on here, but you get to, you get to uh, something that's like a, a uh, the second most lucrative AW event, short of All Out twenty twenty one, which had. You know, pay-per-view is the biggest component of a pay-per-view event, much, much more than t- than ticket sales are because this is a media business, not a live event business.
1: Um, the Addition Financial Arena the, in Orlando, that is actually the University of Central Florida, I believe. Um, yeah. You know, a college basketball arena. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When does it get to a point where, I mean, we've seen that they can sell out Bigger arenas, NHL, NBA size arenas, shouldn't they at least be doing these big four pay per views at those type of arenas?
0: You would think. I mean, they're they're doing uh, double or nothing at T Mobile Arena. Yes, that seems appropriate. Um, why was this not at the Amway Center? I don't know. Does, does WWE have a lock on the Amway Center? Does WWE have a lock on on some venues? I don't know. Is that part of why WWE continues to run? house shows at venues that can can hold like 12,000 people but they can only draw like 4,000 people to a house show. Um I don't know. Um but uh no I think uh I don't know yeah they they could draw more ticket revenue here. They could uh pr- it, it looks like based on the the news that this uh this event is going to be a million dollars i'm talking about double or nothing is going to be a million dollar gate that they're increasing ticket prices somewhat uh because it's probably on par with the number of tickets they sold for other pay-per-views right but um it'll probably be um more appropriately priced so i think it'll uh you know it'll um it'll be more appropriately priced going forward um i don't think AEW should do a
1: a, a stadium show or anything just yet but no. um but like all out should probably be at um what was the name of the arena that punk debut for rampage united center yes yeah united center should be i would imagine yeah i would be su- surprised though i bet
0: it's but it's not i bet it's at like the sears the now arena the now arena call, yeah yeah um we'll see though um what else here so this is a well-received pay-per-view yep according to the cage match ratings
1: by the way, Cage Match, they have been on top of their stuff. I have gotten messages from people who work for Cage Match asking me about events that are coming up. Like, hey, do you have a match card listing and stuff like that? Really? They're doing in, in-depth research over there at Cage Match wow. to really be prepared for this.
0: Um, I've been scraping Cage Match constantly. I've uh, went through a huge Python project and revamp uh, this week as I've... Um, I'm trying to do big things. I'm always talking about the the Python things I'm doing. I feel like people see very little of it, um, but I'm gradually trying to figure out uh, a system that will allow us to get a better idea of maybe who's a draw, maybe. Uh, But I was re-scraping the cage match data because previously I had scraped it only collecting wrestler IDs for wrestlers and had not included tag teams or stables, which have their own separate unique IDs don't you know
1: which there's a lot of stables in aew a lot of tech that's teams. true there's there's thousands of stables
0: anyway uh the cage match rating this was uh this is as of last night I grabbed this
1: screenshot no the 8.95 so it's lower than full gear yes and all out but higher than double or nothing 2021 right right um and much higher than last year's revolution which I imagine the the, the explosion death match is what caused that mm-hmm that's that's the only thing it, that explosion
0: really caused was was that uh to happen <laughs> um but the yeah I think I remember that pay-per-view not being great otherwise uh, so it did not overcome uh the main event um so this would be what not the second most all out 2021 is is the highest rated and this is off of how many votes right like in this case 331 the all out event has 590 while being the highest rated. So this is just under 9. How many 9s are
1: there? 1, uh, 2... It's 4th. It's 4th. Yep. Okay. Double or nothing 2019 9.11 is second place after All Out 2021. Right. So a well-received show, I would say. Um, which is important. You know, uh,
0: Tony Khan did mention the... Um, he mentioned the Dynamite cage match ratings in the post-media scrum he's following the dynamite event cage match ratings
1: it, like cage match is becoming more and more uh a viable thing we've been using it a lot here as you've been using the python data but uh i i think it gauges i don't know i think the diehard wrestling fans are going there so it's going to be your positive outlook i mean we can we can understand why 6.93 was revolution 2021 because of the explosion. The explosion, yes.
0: Or lack thereof. Um, so, there's that. Moving
1: on. Yep. Uh, we're going to talk about WWE 2K22. It uh, just came out this past have week. Have you played it? I have not played it. I am, do you own it? Are you I am not it? a next-gen system guy. I mean, I should, but uh, when I'm prioritizing my financials, it's way down my list. <laughs> do you have a system that could play this game? I do not. No, no. me neither. Um,
0: I've heard the reviews are good, though.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, uh, my friends enjoy it. Your friends? Yes. What do they say about it? Uh, they say the story mode is not too bad. They say the GM mode's better than it was, mm-hmm. uh, but they say the, the graphics and the real life aspect of it look a lot better than the previous version.
0: I go to Metacritic.com for my video game reviews. I don't play video games, but I do when it comes to w games look at metacritic.com and there's uh, as of last night 26 reviews of the playstation version Uh, and these are all these aren't like rando fan reviews these are all published and when i say published they're published on some website so it's it's presumably somebody who knows what they're talking about when it comes to video games and they've got a i don't know if this is an average or a composite score however they standardize these scores of 76 which, which is marked as green. Uh, any, anything over a 75 apparently is marked as green, so that's a, it's considered mostly positive. Um, this is not in the 90s or anything like that. Uh, the PC game off of four reviews is a little bit lower at 73. The Xbox version off of eight reviews is 77. So this appears to be a well-received uh, game. Compare that
1: to 2K 2020. Yes, which was rated what? 43 and 45, respectively, on uh, 43 for PS4, 45 for Xbox. So people hated that game. Yes. Uh, Battlegrounds, the arcade game, was the most recent
0: 2K WWE release before this one. Uh, It it had a 60. None of this means anything necessarily about sales, but presumably people do want to buy games that are good rather than games that suck. So uh, when it comes to wrestling, uh, wrestling product itself, though, might be something different. But... um,
1: that SmackDown, here comes the pain, man. Still, uh... Yes. What's the
0: last uh, wrestling video game that you played regularly?
1: Oh, um... I, it was probably SmackDown versus Raw 2007 or 8, I think. Okay. Uh, I remember... It, wherever ECW was a GM mode, because I would, uh... Mm-hmm. I am try to make ECW the top brand. But I think that would be, like, the last one. Did you play Legends of Wrestling? Like, yes. And I loved Legends of Wrestling. Okay. Especially the realistic... Like, the mob ran the New Jersey Territory. <laughs>
0: that sounds familiar. I don't I don't think I owned it, but I played that. Um there's no uh where's no mercy on here. It's so this is all
1: pre this is all PlayStation going forward. Who made this chart? This sucks. Uh, <laughs> but No Mercy's that I would admit, I mean No Mercy is is the most praised among the general consensus of the wrestling. Why why is here? No Mercy so
0: loved? I, I I that is the last video game uh, wrestling video game that I've played. And I still have an N64 in case I want to play it.
1: I think, and so do I. Actually, you know, behind these green screens, there is a bunch of retro systems. Yeah. Um But uh, yeah, I uh, I don't I lo- I enjoy it. But I was a, also a huge W C W fan, so I enjoy uh, revenge. De- revenge and uh, W C W N W World Tour. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, I think because it was the first WWE it was the first big W B game. I think like yes, you had your our arcade games, Russell Fest, and all that. But I think like. It was the first, like, huge, huge WWE game. Okay.
0: our audio is better now?
1: Yeah. um, Our our audio producer,
0: Tim B., seems to be approving of this.
1: uh, Yes, yes. Tim B. is always a pleasure with uh, calling the uh, PS4 and the Xbox One next gen. Well, it's next gen for me, Tim. (laughs) Yes.
0: We're we're showing how how old we are. We're just (laughs) old white dudes with a podcast who are like, remember Revenge?
1: (laughs) <laughs> it's good times um yeah so i want to talk about this uh we got some news that apple TV has bought the rights to stream a weekly friday night baseball game yes
0: friday night baseball is that is that a big night for baseball
1: uh on television wise i never thought it was um going to the game wise absolutely okay you know you have a long week at work and you know boom you're right at the stadium uh i've heard that this this is like the lowest tier baseball night for tv yeah i would imagine saturday would be lower but i guess friday yeah okay um
0: but this is going to be exclusively on apple tv are you an apple tv subscriber right now
1: i am not that is like the one streaming service i do not have or have a friend that has that i can use their password watching severance
0: right now very good um i want to watch ted lasso
1: my Friends keep telling me tell asso, but yeah, none of them want to give me their password.
0: Um, will you be subscribing to Apple TV to see Friday night
1: baseball? I don't need to because what I'm, gonna, I'm going to do what I've done the past couple of years and buy the and ML, steal it. ML, oh, ML, not stealing it. Going to buy MLB TV uh, where I can stream uh, all the uh, Phillies uh, out of network. But you games. won't get these games. These are these are
0: non. That's MLB TV is out of market games, right?
1: Yes, but the Phillies will probably be on there maybe once or twice. Okay. The Phillies are your team. Yes. Okay. I'm a Phillies fan. So. Okay. Um what does this press release say? Have you have you read this? Um so I I can say right here, Apple and Major League Baseball today have announced Friday Night Baseball, a weekly doubleheader with live pre and post game that will be available to fans in eight countries exclusively on Apple TV. Uh eight plus, countries. plus as soon as the regular season begins. In addition to Friday Night Baseball, fans in the US will be able to enjoy MLB big inning a live show featuring highlights and look-ins airing every weeknight during the regular season. Baseball fans in the U.S. and Canada will also have access to the new 24-7 live stream with MLB game replays, news and analysis, highlights, game classic games, and more, as well as a full complement of on-demand programming, including, ML, including highlights and MLB-themed original content. Fans will be able to watch marquee games on Friday nights, free from local broadcast restrictions across devices where Apple TV Plus can be found, including on the Apple TV app, on iPhone, iPad, Mac, Apple Apple TV 4K and HD on tv.apple.com. Now, along with smart TV gaming consoles and cable set of boxes, now Friday Night Baseball will be available on Apple TV Plus and for a limited time without the need for a subscription. Mm-hmm. Um, Very interesting, some of the the benefits to having this because these are some of the benefits that are on the mlb.tv like the classic games and like highlights and
0: there's gonna be classic games that are part of this yeah is that what you just said yes i was messing with the audio so we should be i don't know not much it looks like but maybe a little bit louder now
1: and they're gonna do a weekly highlight show too
0: would you Um, ever watch an old baseball game like an entire game no no would you ever watch an entire old wrestling event yes yeah Uh, Would you ever watch an old, an entire old movie?
1: Yes. Yes. And, but to be honest with you, though, baseball, because it's a long drawn out thing, Mm -hmm. watching old game is, I have watched old football and basketball games and enjoy them. Okay.
0: Um, It's also coming to Peacock. Is not true.
1: Yeah, so uh, this is from the uh, Wall Street Journal. NBC Universal's Peacock is finalizing a deal with Major League Baseball for exclusive rights to stream games in a new Sunday time slot, according to people familiar with the discussions. As the league looks to increase digital partnerships, the deal with NBC Universal, a unit of Comcast Corp, will involve a package of 18 games, some beginning at 11:30 a.m. and others just after noon. The people said, "Yeah, because Sunday Night Baseball currently is owned by ESPN." So I imagine this will be Sunday like afternoon or baseball. Because the way they that major league does it is everybody plays well and they're done by seven o'clock. So then you could have one game on Sunday night baseball. Okay. Some more sports. Live sports. Exclusive live sports. On Peacock. On Peacock. And I think we're we're kinda On of, Apple TV. Yes, yeah, so yeah, i would say we're kinda of burying the lead. It's a Fang. A Fang is involved now. That's what we're getting to. Yeah.
0: Thursday Night Football coming to Amazon Prime. Uh, no basketball yet. Not yet, no. no bas- basketball is the number two sports property behind the NFL. MLB is number three. After that, it might be UFC, yes. according, according to Google Trends, if and Google that, Trends are to be believed.
1: And would you think EPL over NHL maybe at this point? It's neck and neck, I think. Yeah.
0: That the Google Trends are. Um, I tweeted something recently. Uh, I don't know if we discussed it on here, but yeah. Um, used to be WWE. But, um, you know, it's the economy and uh, and uh, covid and, you know, times are tough and budget cuts and things of that nature. So it's you, know, you can totally understand why YW why might might be down. Uh, it's not their fault. Um, so
1: baseball's back. Yeah.
0: Also, baseball is back. Um, we should before we get to that. So th- this does bode well for the notion that what's what's an been telling you every quarter. There, there's, there's going to be more and more uh, it's only a matter of time all Amazon's money. already doing it it's Not only a matter of it. time for Apple oh Apple's doing it uh, it's only a matter of time for Netflix this is his is next prophecy that has to be realized um, I don't know about Netflix we'll see um, but Netflix is having some challenges with subscriber growth their stock like a lot of tech stocks are cratering.
1: <laughs> they just had another price increase too. To right. Just the fact.
0: right. So so that bodes well, I think, for WB. I don't know about AEW. I don't know how their younger brand will fare and their fewer relationships will be able to leverage. It's a great, great corporate buzzword. will be able to leverage digital these, these non-traditional players. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty, too, about this this Discovery merger and how is that going to play out. I, st- I still think, you know, AEW is going to get a major increase in rights fees. Are they going to get real interest from, from a streaming player? I don't know. Uh, are they even going to have real discussions with people outside of the Warner Media Discovery space? I don't know. Does... Does Warner Media own a piece of AEW, and does that lessen the possibility that you're going to have multiple bidders for your house, if you will? Um, I don't know, but uh, I do. I do think this reinforces my belief that I, th- you know, I think WWE Raw and or SmackDown are going to be not 52 weeks a year on streaming in the next round, 2020, late 2024, and forward. But but maybe some of those episodes are on streaming. Select episodes are on streaming and traditional TV. I think that 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 would be my guess of where we're headed uh, in the latter part of the 2020s. Um anyway.
1: Tim B, I see your super chat. Very good question. I think we'll wait a little bit for that, Brandon. Can I don't want to get into that? Yeah, go ahead, since I'm trying to read it right, out. Let's go, yeah. All right. So uh, Tim with Super Chat, can I propose a WrestleMics exclusive rating stat? Adjustive rating by T V penetration. For instance, identical rating, uh, you know, uh, is actually growth due to less homes. That actually why, why. that
0: actually exists to me. what you're referring to. There is, I believe, called a cable rating. Um, the ratings that we often talk about, which are the ratings that are published by Showbiz daily, those the ratings that we look at for the demos, are what are called national ratings, which are different from cable ratings. Which I never I never see cable ratings. Um, so the, so the national rating for, as it scrolls across the, the, the ticker, right, uh, SmackDown did a 0.59 P18-49 national rating um, this past, not last night, but two Fridays ago. So that means that 0.59% of the national 18-49 population watched SmackDown. But there are such things as cable ratings. I think Wade Keller sometimes reports cable ratings um, that tell you what percentage of the cable homes that have access to this network, what percentage of that denominator, uh, watched this show. So there Nielsen is tracking that networks and wrestling companies are probably getting that information. they they definitely are. Getting, they at least have access to that information. Um, but, uh, I think they, they look at viewers more. Why? I don't, I don't know. Uh, but they do. So, yeah. Uh, but that's, that's a, that's a, a good point. And I guess to do that independently to just do you sort of calculate it, uh, I would have to have a regular, uh, you know, I would have to have data over time of what the, the relevant networks, uh, how many homes they're in. And it's, it's somewhat easy to get that stuff sort of on, a, on an annual basis, but on a monthly basis is harder. Um, But it's a it's a good point to raise that yeah it's uh, as as coverage goes down viewership goes down but even as coverage has gone down uh, I believe we would find you know I'm virtually certain that we would find that viewership has gone down at a stronger rate than coverage has gone down because there's just more options and there's streaming competition and there's gaming competition. Uh, There's just more options about what to do and more competition about what to do with your entertainment time. So that that would be helpful to know what the cable ratings were, Uh, but I don't know that that would tell us the whole story. It's not just about cord cutting. It's also about the variety of things that are competing for your attention and trying to get you addicted. Texting, sleep, TikTok, Netflix,
1: and so forth. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, but baseball. Tell you know. me about the, the
0: lockout. The lockout has come so, to an end.
1: The lockout has come to an end. They have reached an agreement. Uh, baseball will be starting April 7th. Um, my Phillies will be on April 8th as for their home opener, UNC Oakland Athletics. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so it is, they've come to an agreement. There was a lot of uh, things, a lot of rule things that are in effect now, including a universal designated hitter. DH in the, in the National League. DH in the National
0: that's, League. That sounds like an, an abomination. That is, that is, let's see here. Phillies are in the National League,
1: right? Yes, yep. That is 100, yeah, that's 150 years of history. Down the drain. Down the drain. A disgrace. No, I, I'm okay for it. You're all right with it. I'm absolutely okay for Why? it. Why? I don't want pitchers hitting. Why? Because they don't hit good. So? I mean, some do, but they, I don't want a guy hitting below 200. Whatever happened, you know, Babe Ruth was a pitcher. Why aren't there more Babe Ruths? because they're focusing because so this is going to be very down rabbit hole baseball but uh I'm, I'm a big baseball fan so the way people develop players nowadays when they think you have an arm they know that when you're like five six seven eight years old and then you're you're taking all these training classes with these former major leaguers and then you play little league and then high school and and maybe the minors or college and you're just focused on pitching. Back then, there was no, like, oh, you have to focus on this one thing. We're going to develop you to be the best you can. Um, but also, you know, with the the uh, designated hitter and all that, the game needs more offense, Brandon. The game needs something to excite people. People, It was just another lock, almost a lockout. I mean, it was a lockout, but not almost a strike. People... And
0: opening day is being pushed back, or is it, was it happening as scheduled? Yeah, now? it's
1: it's being pushed back, but okay. just like uh, you know, about about a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but they need, you know, when baseball hit and went on strike in '94, popularity went down the tubes. Mm. There what was brought, no season. What brought it back was 1998, Sosa McGuire, mm-hmm. and everybody loved it. So everybody should be on steroids. No, but then the steroid trial, oh. and then it
0: weighing down in popularity. I, I had a dream about Sammy Sosa last night. For some reason, that's, that's a very weird. Dream. I dreamed he signed a lifetime contract with the Cubs. Is that something that happened? Anyway, uh, the lockout is over with, so uh, interesting to see what what kind of bearings we'll have on on wrestling's collective bargaining agreement going forward, and and how the wrestlers' association will will uh, you know will will deal with the various uh, big wrestling companies. So we'll see.
1: All right, so uh, we're going. To- <laughs> Aren't
0: you looking forward to how the uh, the wrestlers' association is going to uh, bargain collectively for uh, their interests uh, with with WNAW? I uh,
1: who would you know? I think what it needs to be is indie wrestlers union. That needs to start first. I was having this conversation sure with a. A wrestling veteran. Yesterday, it's been the business for over 20 years, and we've yeah. talked about how the pay has not changed since the territories. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> let's 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 jump to. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll
0: talk to pay. pay. We'll, let's let's jump to uh, the WS two top uh, corporate executives. Uh, their their pay has changed. Re- re- read us this verbose and vague SEC filing that dropped into my email on Friday. Of course, of course, this comes out on Friday. I mean, this isn't huge news, but it's it's. Yeah. This, this is one of those things that I like, I, I de- decode and then tweet about, and then I'm walking around all, you know, all evening being like, you know, oh yeah, you're just trying to make everybody look bad. Right. Yeah. you just It's not my fault that these things are, um, these things are disclosed and, uh, we might as well uh, understand them. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that, you know, these kinds of things are disclosed for, for public companies, but of course they're not, who knows what's happening in private companies. Uh, such as a w although i you know a, a, you know supposedly uh tony Khan does not take a uh, a salary i believe he has said but anyway
1: yep so uh item 502 departure of directors or certain officers election of directors appointment of certain officers compensatory arrangements for mm-hmm. certain officers so in Connection with its annual review of executive compensation. The company's compensation human capital committee approved certain changes with the approval of all independent directors in the case of Mr. McMahon's compensation as described below the salary of Mr. Vincent McMahon, our chairman and chief executive officer was set an annual rate of 2 million for a calendar of 2022. His target management incentive plan bonus was set at 250% of his salary and his grant of performance stock units has a targeted value of 11 million. The salary of Mr. Nick Kahn, our president and chief revenue officer, was set at an annual rate of $1.2 million. For calendar 2022, his target management incentive plan bonus was set at 158% of the salary, and his grant performance stocks unit has a targeted value of $3.575 million. In addition, the second uh, tranche of his sign-up equity grant to be made in September 2022, as described in our prior filings, has increased by $7.5 million. The foregoing incentive Plan, foregoing management the plan bonuses and performance stock units are governed by the terms in our 2000s. Right, you don't need to read the rest of that. This is all, who knows.
0: Uh, so I think it's pretty clear. What, what, summarize that for us in plain English.
1: Um, so yeah, they, they got raises. What What happened though exactly? So um, th- they got raises uh, with the plan bonus, which was the uh, 250% of that $2 million salary for Vince Man and 158% of the 1.2 for Nick Cobb.
0: Um, so, so here's what I understand. Here's what I don't understand. Um, the salary of of, of events was set to an annual rate of 2 million. That's going to be for the calendar year of 2022 this year. His salary for 2021 was disclosed in the proxy statement. What's a proxy statement? A proxy statement is something that comes out every year around this time, around the spring. It hasn't come out yet for 2020 for 2021. Um, it will come out. Probably within the next thirty days or so, I would expect it. Maybe it came out in early April last year, which was later than I had you know it was later than it has come out in previous years. The proxy statement will disclose a lot of information, including what the top five top five most compensated executives. It will disclose all the varieties of their compensation, except for dividends, of course, but you can do the math um, so in the most recent proxy statement, w disclosed what Vince's salary was going to be for last year, for 2021. It was $1.4 million. So he's getting an increase from $1.4 million to $2 million. It's been the case, by the way, that Vince has had among the lower salaries among the top five executives. So it's not like he's paying himself this huge salary. Now, when you're a big deal executive like, like these two are, salary is not your only form of compensation. Uh, you get compensated stock, you get compensated this this management incentive plan bonus. Um, so here's the, I, I don't understand what, what these sentences mean. For calendar year, year 2022, his target, that's Vince's target management incentive plan bonus was set at 20, 250% of his salary and his grant of PSU's performance stock units has a target value of $11 million. <clears throat> I, I guess that means that if, so the board, if the board determines that he's wor- he's worthy of the maximum bonus possible that he will get 250% of his salary, which would be you do the math there, which would be what, five million dollars. Um and his grant of performance stock units has a target a set target value of eleven. So I guess he's going to get an additional eleven million in in, in stock units. I'm not totally clear on what that means, to be totally honest. Um but he's definitely getting an increase in his salary of about six hundred thousand dollars for this year. Um Nick Khan. Now, by the way, let's look before we're done talking about Vince. Vince has 28.7 million shares of W stock. He is by far the biggest W shareholder. He holds about a third of the stock because he has preferred class shares because he's the founder. He gets all of his stock is worth 10 times the voting, not the, not the monetary value, but 10 times the voting power of everybody else's stock. And he can't transfer this to anybody except for his immediate family members. Um, so he's the contr- he controls the company. He owns a a, a slight minority of the, of the stock. He owns about a third of the stock. Anyway, he owns twenty eight point seven million shares. You as a W shareholder, Gullo, you you're well aware that W pays a dividend.
1: I mean I, I'm
0: no longer a W shareholder. Well, as a form, excuse me. I that's why I should have said. Yes. Uh what what is W's quarterly dividend? Do you remember? Um, I, I don't remember. I, it's 12 cents. 12 cents per yeah. quarter. So for every share that you hold, you get 12 cents per quarter. So Vince, holding nearly 29 million shares, gets 12 cents for each one of those shares per quarter. And uh, so that, that means that he gets just under $14 million a year just from dividends, based on the math. So, you know, Vince is getting multiple million, you know, over a dozen million dollars a year just because of his dividends. But anyway, Nick Khan, uh, he has an annual salary of $1.2 million, which I don't think is different from what it was disclosed at last year. I mean, last year, it, it, he, or not last year. We'll find out what he made this year. Um, but in 2020, he, his salary was something like 500000 some I believe under six hundred thousand in twenty twenty because he was only there for part of the year. He started in August of twenty twenty. So his compensation was naturally prorated for the time that he was
1: Do you think they would have collect like a signing bonus and all that? Getting to that.
0: Nick Khan got a got a very lucrative employment agreement sign on bonus, um which I've linked to on Twitter. I believe he got something like a he, he's got something like a five million dollar sign on bonus. Uh and um That might not be exactly correct, but he's got a a multiple million dollar sign on bonus, which to keep all of the money that he'll get because of his sign on bonus, he has to work for WB for five years. Anyway, tranche number two for Nick Khan is coming up where he's going to get some of this compensation that he has been uh, that he has agreed to receive based on his sign on agreement, his employment agreement. That's coming up September 2022. And what this disclosure says, the second tranche of his sign-on equity grant, which is stock, it sounds like, equity, to be made September 2022 as described in our prior filings, has been increased by 7.5 million. 7.5 million. I thought it said 7 when I looked at this last, so I might have this slightly off on Twitter. 7.5 million. So it was if you go to my Twitter, it was I believe 9 million. It was disclosed as $9 million in prior filings. You can see that in the proxy statement. You can see that in his employment agreement, which was disclosed around the time that he started working for WB. Uh, the second tranche is worth $9 million. So now this is worth $9 plus seven and a half, which would be $16.5 million in stock, apparently. Uh, so that's what he'll be receiving this September. Pretty pretty sweet deal for Nick Kahn. This is, uh, by the way, the um, the comp- so who decided to do this? Who who decided to do this? Do you have an impression of who made who makes this decision? Does, does Vince just decide to pay himself more because he's, by God, he's a great man, and Nick Nick is his new son?
1: Well, I I, th- I think it's the the board, the chairman of the board. Right. But who's who's on the board? Um, Vince McMahon is on well, the well. There's a compens so there's committees. It's sort of
0: like the Senate, right? There's yeah. all these committees They're- that are that you know not everybody's on the foreign relations committee not everybody and i'm talking about the senate here not the board but there's there's board directors which i believe is, is 12 12 members uh vince stephanie Paulovec, Nick nikon those are the the non-independent directors but then there's a number of independent directors including erica nardini who's the ceo of barstool sports alan wexler manjit singh anyway uh most of the members of the board directors are not full-time W employees. They do this on a part-time basis for, you know, they, and they're compensated in stock so that their interests are aligned, but they're supposed to be looking after the interests of the shareholders so that so that shareholders have somebody, you know, who's not just, uh, you know, looking after the executive's interests. Anyway, uh, n- neither Nick nor Vince are members of the compensatory committee, according to W's corporate website. It's it's all the it's all independent directors. So the independent directors think that Vince and Nick are great. Is is what I read from this. Um, so there's that. Um, Do you need something from the proxy statement or you're bringing that up? Earlier? How, how many pages is the proxy statement? No, we're no, fine. 48. Yeah, we're fine. We're fine. Uh, look for the proxy statement to come out soon. That will be. uh that's always a big deal. It'll have Shane McMahon's compensation disclosed in it too because he's a family member. We have to disclose his compensation even though he's not a corporate Shane is not a corporate executive. He never was. I know he just sent home. He wasn't sent home from being a corporate executive. He hasn't been a corporate executive for WWE since late 2009. 2009. Um he may have worked in some sort of producer role, but I, he was not an, an employee as far as I know. But his performer pay will be disclosed. We always get Triple H's performer pay disclosed as well uh it will be interesting to see i mean maybe there'll be some information there about christina salen and the extent to which that she was compensated i mean she was there for 11 months out of the year 10 or 11 months um i don't know that we'll get like you know
1: did we get her severance number or no
0: yeah yeah there was the her segment severance agreement was disclosed yeah that's right yeah, that's um what will be interesting to see is, like, is Paul Levesque still among the top five? I would imagine maybe, you know, Kevin Dunn is sometimes in there or out of there. Sometimes Stephanie is in there or out of there. Um, I doubt we'll get, like, a glaring impression of, like, if if Paul Levesque has fallen from power, it'll re- be reflected in the proxy statement. But um, it'll be interesting to see what his, what his compensation is set at for 2022, if, if he's among the top
1: five. But we'll see. Um, moving on. Uh, Yeah, we're going to move on. And, you know, uh, you said no Shane. Speaking of no Shane, that was what Tony Khan said a couple weeks ago when he did his announcement that Ring of Honor was bought and purchased by him. Um, We have a clip here. We'll see.
0: Now's the moment of truth to see if you'll actually hear this. So here's Tony Khan from the the post-revolution media scrum um, where he's making it clear that he will be the booker of Ring of Honor.
2: Um, One thing I'll tell you that I do plan to do, because I think I've been asked that a lot, and you ask me what I'm going to do with it, I'm going to be the booker. And there's a reason for that. Uh, Because I will be bringing in young wrestlers, and they have a lot of young wrestlers, and I think we're very successful here, we're doing very well here, and I plan to continue doing very well with it, and bringing in wrestlers uh, that could work in Ring of Honor or AEW potentially, and I think you've seen uh, that for continuity's sake, like when you, you know, bring people in, uh, in other wrestling companies that that have had, say, multiple promotions under one corporate structure, one corporate say, one person. Uh, I don't think it's conducive to have people coming into an environment. Say somebody were to come here, and uh, from there, and the whole thing that's been going on with them, you know, I might not be behind it. I might well. You know what I mean, uh, and so uh, I think you know it's revolution, and I want to talk about like revolution, and also Ring of Honor. It's a big week with that happening, and I, I want to respect again the the process that's happening right now because it's a complicated transfer, and we're going we're finishing up everything. But uh, again, like that's to be honest, that's one of the reasons that I think. Okay, I'm I'm holding so. <laughs> okay, here's what I want to say Here's what I, here's what I want to say Because it's a room this, right? full of wrestling fans, right? Okay. What NXT do you guys think is better? The original or 2.0? Original, obviously Okay, okay Now, now, what, which one do you think is more conducive With Vince McMahon's vision of pro wrestling? The second one Okay, now, for better or for worse If they're not going to change what they're doing with the main stuff Isn't that maybe more – there's a reason that it's maybe a more efficient process to do that because at least then you're calling up people you know what they're doing and, like, it's not like you're calling up people you don't believe in to do nothing. So, like, does that make sense? So there's that. Um,
0: So I think he's making it pretty clear that he's going to book Ring of Honor because you can look at the lesson of Black and Ghoul NXT – and how people were called up from black and gold nxt to the main roster and vince didn't like them and didn't didn't use talent didn't heavily push talent that was heavily pushed in nxt um and maybe that'll be different now and, and i think as we've discussed here i mean if if, if vince is going to be vince then i guess you might as well have an nxt that loves big tall people who are uh athletes uh collegiate athletes and things like that um what I also read from that comment is that Ring of Honor is probably not going to be an occasional brand that runs events. It's probably going to be some kind of regular, it's going to be a brand that's used regularly to run events, is what I'm reading from that. That's his intent right now. Um, that it's probably going to be, you know, the developmental or the secondary brand the NXT to to uh, to AEW's main roster um, and he's going to book it for those reasons so that there isn't a conflicting vision of talent or creative in the flow from the secondary to the primary which makes sense how does this man have the bandwidth to do another another company that was Cause he's,
1: cause he's like because I think he's still technically the GM of the, of the football club right and and he has that analytics company right doesn't he have a sports analytics company right (laughs) yeah and he's also involved in the Jaguars office not right I think it's in an analytics perspective um yeah this guy already has like five jobs (laughs) yes so another one
0: I I, I remember asking when this was about when AEW was about to start like this is somebody who's already involved in two major sports franchises is he gonna have time to run AEW oh, yeah, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, add, let's let's add more to this plate here. Um, we'll see. I mean, maybe if it's just a matter of taking dark elevation rather than having a dark and a dark elevation or something like that and rebranding it Ring of Honor, that won't be a big deal. I mean, it's not adding anything, in fact, because a dark, dark elevation already exists. But uh, we'll see.
1: I, I mean, there's a lot of unanswered questions. There also hasn't... I mean, I've been keeping touch, and, and last time I checked, there has not been any official press release from Sinclair of the sale, right? There has. There's, there's there something has. Oh, on there the uh, okay. on the Ring of
0: Honor website. There on is. The Ring of Honor
1: website. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Because I know that that didn't come out right away. I know Lavi was kind of pointing that out, but so there is now. Okay. I, I haven't checked up on it in a few days, so
0: I'm pretty sure there's there's a statement on the Ring of Honor statement. website. Okay. You know, that's similar to the press release that the AEW put out, but you know, it's got quotes, I believe, from Joe Koff and, and Tony Khan, but yeah. Um. Sinclair, have we talked about this? The Sinclair uh, Sinclair is a publicly traded company. Are we going to find out what what the the value of this deal was? Are we going to find any details about what the transaction was? I mean, I, I defer to Lavi on that, but because he's looked at Sinclair filings more closely than I have, but uh, I think probably not. Would be my I would be I would not expect any any uh, explicit statement in in Sinclair filings that like we got X number of dollars for this. It would be like other compensation. Then you would have to figure out. I think it's a matter of is it material, and what's material for a publicly traded company is is different for every company. It's it's I've it's been told to me that what's materiality you know it when you see it.
1: Um, they are a media company though; and they're technically selling a media library, but it's the, it's a,
0: it's about the value of it though. Like okay. how much did they sell it for? Yeah, probably several million dollars. But is that big enough on the scale of Sinclair to to disclose it? I don't know.
1: Um, we'll see. All right, yeah. Move on to some Google web search uh, data for Japan. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, stardom's going through the roof here. Still, uh, this this is just looking at uh, Google uh, going all the way back to t- 2004. Uh, not every company conceivable here, but I think these are the top ones uh, across this timeline. New Japan, of course, is, is well above the others. And in fact, it's 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 interesting to call out that you know New Japan ha- hasn't declined. It's I think New Japan has really diminished in popularity globally and in the United States, right? Uh, it's it's great for them that they're back on access. Have you been following the Access New Japan TV ratings? I, I, I you get I, sent directly to your to your inbox because you're a, a patron of WrestleMics.
1: I uh, I have not looked at them yet. Since.
0: He's not he's not reading the
1: ratings. I, I get alerts all day long because you're so on top of stuff.
0: All day long. I only it's it's only like really twice a day because i I initially put it up there and then i i I will uh update it because i get further information
1: how have they been performing
0: uh so we're two weeks into new content after doing a month of old content the new content is not doing better than the old content and it's doing substantially lower as you would expect than impact impact is on from 8 to 10 they're on from 10 to 11 uh but these are not impressive ratings for all all we know, these you know, New Japan could be the number two show on, on Access TV.
1: But Yeah, but you want to talk about a lead in like Impact is booking a lot of New Japan stars in main angles right now. You have Jay White as a main fixture yeah. in Impact and the Bullet Club and all that and yet they're still not be able to get a little bit of a better bump up.
0: And like who knows what the expectation is. I mean Access might be perfectly happy with the numbers that they're doing. Uh but these are not I would expect I would have expected the new content to do better than the old content. But the but it's not. And there's really not that much buzz around New Japan these days. And I think that we're still in this setting where, you know, there aren't there aren't really uh crowds that that do anything but clap, I think still honestly I haven't been watching i i did realize though after thinking about this earlier this week that i think i'm still a new japan world subscriber and of course you've got people who are among the hardcores they they've they don't need to watch access tv that's only in half of the cable homes if you're even a cable home you're, you're only in half of them um they can watch it through new japan world live or shortly thereafter and uh, they got english commentary there too uh, but anyway new japan in japan Google trends would tell you that they, they haven't diminished in, in popularity here. Uh they're pretty much even. There's this big dip for the um for the pandemic that you can see right here. But then it really returns back to the level that they left off at and it's been this this great strong march from about two thousand sixteen forward and, and they're they're flat from the period of you know twenty eighteen or so.
1: Are they back to just full
0: capacity, by the way? I, I don't know. It's a good question. I'm sure, you know, I, I just don't, I'm just not falling close enough to say. Um, W's diminished in, in web search, and that's probably, I mean, not all of this, but they've they've lost their TV in, uh, in Japan. I think they're still probably on Samurai TV or something, but uh, they probably have that this week in W on there. But uh, they're, I believe DAZN was their most recent distributor in Japan.
1: Um, do you think some of this had to do with, you know, Nakamura not being, Push in a high role and then Oscar being pretty much off TV
0: Nakamura's having a great time like, will, you, will you leave Nakamura alone he's surfing he's is- having the
1: time of his life <laughs> hanging out with Rick Boogs
0: yeah he's having a great
1: time they got a Wrestlemania match but Lashley doesn't yeah um, but anyway
0: uh, Stardom continues to be on the march here Stardom, I, I tweeted this, this chart uh, Stardom retweeted it from both their English and their Japanese language accounts they, they must have loved this um, it's, it's, it's hard to analyze the, the Japanese market right now because we're still, there's, there's still no real loose international travel. There's still, as far as I know, restrictions on events. So, uh, but it's, it's really interesting to see stardom
1: grow here. Uh, now YouTube. Yeah. So, uh, we will get into YouTube uh, data for this past week here.
0: Yeah. I, I, oh boy, I don't know how we're going to display this, but, uh, this is an old chart that we have up on the screen here right now. Um, let's see if I can, can change this so that we look at, this is what want to look at here. Google, maybe, maybe it's this. Is that Excel? I'm not real sure. What does that say? Voice meter. Okay. Well, anyway, I'll, I'll just read to you what it is. I apologize for this, this mess that we have here today. Uh, the most watched YouTube video. Of any uh of any program anything that's a highlight of a program and in fact let's let's make sure are there are there anything that's a non weekly show highlight there is um this was within the last week I guess it was yeah we're still within we're still within a week of the m s g angle with Reigns and Lesnar that has an enormous five point three million video views as of this morning
1: five point three yeah that's that's crazy
0: two and a half million within 24 hours. I heard that this was uh, put over on SmackDown as the most watched Instagram clip ever for whatever that's worth. Um, But that angle doing, doing big numbers on YouTube for what it's worth, I mean, in terms of direct revenue, that means it generates probably a few thousand dollars for WWE. Um, The number two clip, I mean, and that's not from the weekly TV show, which is sometimes how I look at these things. The number two clip is not a WWE clip, but an AEW clip With the title, it's official. Jeff Hardy is all elite, which is the clip of his debut in in AEW this past week uh, with 2.2 million views as of this morning, Uh, 1.57 of those within the first 24 hours. So there's that. And and number four, we've got a clip uh, that is of Steve Austin, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin to confront Kevin Owens at the KO show. That's the number three clip. The number four clip is, is an old match of Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey and Charlotte flair versus the riot squad from April, 2009. Um, but after that, it's the alpha Academy three-way tag match with a, uh, where RK bro, win win the tag titles, that is the, uh, that is the top raw highlight. And that, that also did well in the quarter hours. Uh, the culmination of that did,
1: um, Look at all these legacy stars that are involved in these top videos, though. Brock Lesnar, Jeff Hardy, Stilgold Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. You know, you can make an argument, Ronda Rousey, just UFC popularity. You're so you, you
0: have to just rag on WWE every chance you get, don't I'm you? just saying.
1: I'm not ragging on WWE at all. I'm just saying a lot of legacy stars uh, on these YouTube uh, these um, Some Somebody pointed out, somewhere
0: on Twitter, uh, that every WrestleMania main event. And I'm talking about the last match, since Rock came back to wrestle Cena the first time. Every WrestleMania main event has had at least one part timer in it. Since what, what is that? 2012.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was yes.
0: So it's been what? Rock and Cena. Rock and Cena. Um, what's what's after Rock and Cena? Uh, Batista, Danielson, and Orton. Yeah.
1: Yes, but his dance
0: That's 30. And then it's uh, Brock and, and Reigns. And then it's Reigns and Undertaker. No, no, I'm sorry. It's Triple H and Reigns. And then 33 is... Is that Reigns and Undertaker?
1: Um. So, so this one only goes up to 35, but... Yeah, that, uh, that's Reigns, Reigns, and, Reigns and Undertaker. Lesnar Reigns for and 34.
0: 34 is Lesnar Reigns again.
1: Lynn, Charlotte, Rousey. Rousey's a part-timer. Rousey with the first women's main event. For 35. Um, 36 was... Drew Ma- and McEntire Brock. And Brock, yep. yep. 37... With no fans. Was so... Edge and Danielson and Reigns. Yes, that was one of the nights. Because the,
0: if you, if that the was, other night was yep. Bianca and, uh, and, and... And Sasha. But so that was night one. Yes. And Vince... We're counting night two. Vince... Vince puts on last what he thinks is the most important um, and this year it'll be Brock and Reigns for the
1: third time a Wrestlemania made event. Um uh, and I was there in New Orleans and the crowd itself was not interested oh I know they were chanting uh, Rusev Day
0: yeah loudly <laughs> they, they turned on that match yeah there was yeah. beach balls flying through right
1: I was like what is going on here
0: yeah yeah I I, I remember that and you'd think you, you'd be you know you wouldn't just remember a WrestleMania main event, but that would be very memorable. But like, that's yeah, uh, I, I, f- I remember f- after watching that, that night, being like, that's this, this WrestleMania brand. I don't know, but you know, they're, they're do, they're, they've got w- over a hundred thousand tickets out for WrestleMania night one night two. I don't think Russell takes is updated since, since the third of March, but uh, we'll see Steve Austin probably not having a match. And now it, it looks like, so we'll see whether that even matters to ticket sales. Vince McMahon not being advertised for a match. It looks like maybe he'll have some involvement with the, uh,
1: Pat McAfee thing. Um, since we uh, kind of go on a lot less than we normally do, I do uh, want someone to bring up as far as Wrestlemania. Um, we saw this week that they officially said they're not doing Access, but they're doing You're very interested Superstore. In a- is, and, and this is why. Because I remember at Access, I've never been to a WWE Access, right? But I've been to WrestleCon. Uh, I actually worked at WrestleCon table, right? So I remember throughout the day, these poor people at WrestleCon, they're having names just being pulled away, like in the middle of Shawn Michaels' autograph saying he's got to go because WWE needs him for access in Prop 2. And they would do this throughout the weekend to WrestleCon. And, uh, and I found it interesting that, you know. So Shawn Michaels was at WrestleCon. And then WWE pulled him away. Same thing for Flair and others. Huh. Yeah.
0: I didn't know if Shawn Michaels was doing WrestleCon.
1: A couple of years ago, he did. Really? Yeah, okay. he's, he's, he's. I don't think he's doing it this year. Um, what was he just like doing autographs? Yeah, autographs. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Just the convention itself. Um, but they, uh, I'm interested in it because it's it's WWE's fan festival. They always talk about this is the, you know, this is where all the fans in the world, the the WWE universe, come together, and they don't. They're not putting on this access fan festival. They're doing Superstore Access, which. Is just really, it's going to be a big store, which are doing some photo opportunities. But then there was that uh, thing they went out to a bunch of people asking for volunteers where you get a- Was
0: that real? Yeah. It's been disputed whether or not that's real. I believe that is real. Or that's just something made up by W haters like you. <laughs> you sent me a screenshot and I was like, send me the email. And you were like, I can't.
1: Because <laughs> I didn't get the email. Yes.
0: It was, it was a screenshot that was going around.
1: I think it's re- it was a t shirt, a hat. And you get in a. This is something that they've done things.
0: before. This yes. wouldn't be the if that's real. That well, it's not the first year they would have done that.
1: uh Davis Spam brought up, uh, I think, yesterday or this morning, because I was looking at his Twitter about in other conventions like Comic Con in San Diego, they will have volunteers as well. But those volunteers get hotel rooms, they get mm. meal stipends, like there's other benefits. Here's a shirt and a hat. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's uh, whatever. I don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so just back to what I was talking about was fan service, they're not doing that fan festival where they would have live matches too throughout. Which So why know, do you think they're not doing it? Why, why would you not do it? I mean, I don't know if they're just kind of a, they don't think they're going to get the uh, international audience that kind of eats that stuff up, That mm-hmm. you know, because they don't get to experience that a lot. Um, you know, there's not a lot of international events. So you don't get a chance to get all these photo opportunities and all this merchandise and see all this cool hall holo- of Hall of Fame stuff and stuff in the warehouse and and then see live matches from NXT wrestlers and stuff like that like that they've done the years past. Um, Maybe they just don't think they don't have the audience for it with the international base. Right.
0: And that's got to be affecting WrestleMania ticket sales.
1: I think it's affecting the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame's part of SmackDown. Which is not sold out yet. And I, I don't do we have a lot of info on this NXT event, or if it's even really happening?
0: Yeah, it's happening. Uh, yeah. Tickets,
1: tickets went on sale. Okay, yeah. I, I just have not heard any buzz on the internet about it at all.
0: Stand and deliver. Yeah. Dolph Ziggler's the champ. Yeah. I... Um, but that that's happening Saturday morning. Tickets yeah. are on sale now. Get your tickets. You're, you're going to be there. No, I'm not. You're going to be in Dallas. Yes, I'll be in Dallas. I mean you're not going to go to stand and deliver? No, I have a show at 2 o'clock. Oh, you're running competition against Stanley. Yeah, okay, yeah. I see. I see how it works now. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, we'll, we'll, yeah, no international travel, so we'll see. Um, anything else?
1: Uh, again, I want to touch on that. Uh, I think that's all I could really think of. Um, this Lavia, uh, uh, Marlin tweeted about like there's, I guess they're doing a launch party thing for this pro wrestling tv and da- this pro wrestling tv in dallas uh during WrestleMania week which I don't can't tell if it's actually just owned by control your narrative or if it's own it's own entity yes Plugs. All right. See, so yeah, I'll do my plugs here. Um, you can check me, Chris Gillow, on you know Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Rediscovering Indies, my other podcast. Uh, that's gonna be a, that's a monthly podcast about independent wrestling history. We're next few months we're gonna be doing a deep dive on Per Prentice. You can check out part one out now in all your major podcast streaming services. And for myself, Thank it was you. a great. It was a busy weekend. This past weekend, I did comedy on Friday. I was a, uh, ring announcing you should, you should wrestling off. on Saturday. Amazing. Uh, but next couple weeks i'm uh, kind of taking off it's uh my wife my wife's birthday's coming up and and, and other things and uh and then i'm going to be in dallas so and by the way in dallas there's three cha- chances you can see me so far uh friday night i will be at zoa live and that's going to be at the uh, coverall bases baseball center in arlington that's going to be friday and april 1st at 6 p.m and then saturday two chances to catch me i'll be at the texas roughhouse show at two o'clock and that's at uh that is at turning point brewery um in bedford texas and then i will be in fort worth at seven thirty for the this is manly show and that is uh at tulips what is the this is manly show so it's from what i gather it's so the guy that's running it he has, does like a strongman gimmick and there's a lot of like guys that have gimmicks with their beards and stuff like that so it's it's interesting great
0: um, yeah, I guess that's it. I guess we can end this show now. We can uh, mercifully end this contraption of, uh, of uh, WrestleNomics Radio. We will be back in our normal situation next week, uh, remote. Uh, and everything will be back to normal. I realized halfway through this that I was not even recording this, but luckily we're streaming it, so I'll get the audio one way or another. Do um,
1: uh, do plugs for the WrestleNomics?
0: What a... What a program this has been. Uh, press like, mercifully, hit subscribe. Um, there's always the rest, there's always the WrestleLomics Patreon as we as, as we get feedback into our ears here. <laughs> there's always Patreon, the WrestleLomics Patreon can sign up to patreon.com slash wrestling. for $5 a month you get all my TV ratings reports. Um, we think is always our, our distribution partner. Post Wrestling. Uh, you can get you can get merchandise at store.postwrestling.com highly recommend. Uh, you can go to the uh the Russellomics YouTube channel. If you're not already on it right now, every Thursday I do the live TV ratings talk this past week. Um, I had on MJ from NJ to talk about his personal experience, uh, at AW revolution in Orlando. So I
1: think that's all for now, right? Yeah, I believe so. We'll talk to you next time.